This is Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. And today I have the great pleasure of sitting with Dr. Ana Fagotti, who is the lead author for the lead article in the January issue of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. Dr. Fagotti is at the Fundazione Policlinico Universitario Gemelli in Rome, Italy. Anna, welcome. Hi. Um, Anna, can you tell us a little bit about the context of the international mission trial and how this idea came about? Oh, you know that now um, a variable rate of patients uh, with advanced ovarian cancer actually receive neoadjuvant chemotherapy, and they usually have a very good um, response to chemotherapy. Uh, of course, uh, this kind of approach has opened a wide range of opportunities for these patients. For example, one of them is how to treat these patients at time of interval debulking surgery. Nobody knows which is the right and the correct approach to these patients. This is the point. So this is just to explore whether, which is the rate of patients that we can treat by a minimal invasive approach and whether it is safe. And at the end, if it is safe also from an oncological point of view, not only from a technical point of view. So we are at the beginning of the story and we wanted just to explore um, how many centers all over the world can use this kind of approach for our patients. And what did you find with regards to recruitment of centers around the world? Are there many centers that are using the minimally invasive approach for interval debulking? Not really. Uh, centers are very few, and especially some of them actually, although they do this kind of approach, they did not share their data with us. So uh, although we sent um, the, the request to many centers, we receive a positive response from a low rate of centers. Anyway, I think there is still space to explore this kind of approach and I'm confident that probably in the future the number of centers will still increase. So in clinical practice today or actually as part of the inclusion criteria for this study, um, who are the ideal patients to be considered for this study and for a minimally invasive approach when doing interval debulking? You know, it depends. I think that all patients needs to be, need to be assessed by a minimal invasive approach. This is the first point. Then we can decide whether or not continue by MIS or convert to laparotomy. Generally speaking, I think that the best patients are those with best responses, with at least clinical complete response. And we know that not all these patients will actually have, at the end, a complete response. However, I think that exploring patients by MIS is very simple and then based on the expertise of the surgeon and the surgical equip, then we can decide whether or not proceeding with um, uh, minimal invasive cytoreductive surgery. And um, in, the, uh, in the international mission trials, so I understand there were multiple centers. I believe there were five centers that were included in the, in the study, um, totaling over uh, 127 patients. Uh, tell me, what were some of the, the main results of this study? 
You know, uh, I think that uh, we, we, one of the main results is that inclusion criteria are very different according to the centers. So um, some centers uh, push a lot with minimal invasive surgery, including patients with residual disease at time of intramedical debulking surgeries. Others do less. So um, this is the main difference, and I think we need to work on inclusion criteria, first of all. The second point is that, of course, if the, the largest is the disease, the higher is the, is the risk of postoperative complications. This is another important point to discuss, whereas if surgery is simple, of course, we have no complications and time to recovery is very easy. Uh, so I think these are the most important uh, results. Overall, the rate of postoperative complications was quite low and acceptable. And uh, with regards to the, um, uh, I, certainly with regards to the indications um, moving forward, do you think that the primary patient uh, that qualifies for the minimally invasive approach should be a patient who has an absolute complete response by imaging and by serologic test, or is it acceptable to also consider including patients who may have already a partial response, but certainly not to a complete response point? It's a very difficult question, you know, and um, I think that the best candidates are those with at least complete response at imaging because we know that these patients will still have disease in the abdomen. So in this way we can screen patients but we know that we will have some surprises at the end. Um, I think it's very interesting the new classification of uh, uh, response to natural chemotherapy by seeing made on omental disease. For example, we can decide that only patients with omental response can be included. For example, this could be some, an interesting option, but we have to discuss. One of the things that I noticed from the study was that you had a very high rate of um, R0 resection, which is obviously what we want to achieve. I believe it was 96% R0 uh, resection. Um, certainly one of the concerns with uh, many who are reluctant to integrate minimally invasive surgery in the management of ovarian cancer, particularly advanced ovarian cancer, is that the minimally invasive surgery may potentially leave disease behind, uh, and this may then potentially put that patient at a disadvantage in terms of oncologic outcomes. Um, what are your thoughts with regards to that concern, and are we talking about a prospective randomized trial to evaluate oncologic outcomes as the next step? Um, I know this is one of the most important uh, um, uh, obj objections to, the, to this kind of approach, but I think we have to um, realize that we, do, we really do not know which is the, treat the surgical treatment we have to perform in these patients. So we just follow guidelines. We do not treat or over-treat patients, which means that if we do not see disease, we never take it out, although it was positive at time of diagnosis. We do know which is the, uh, uh, the importance of surgery in these patients. Probably these patients could have the same um, survival without any surgery. Nobody knows. So probably in the future, I think that before um, considering the option of a randomized trial between interval debulking by MIS or laparotomy, another option could be no surgery 
versus IDS in those patients with clinical complete response after three cycles of natural chemotherapy. Yeah, and I think actually that also is quite relevant given all of the uh, new data that we're seeing with regards to molecular profiling and how we can particularly address um, targeted therapy. Um, so we are always interested, well, what, what is the day-to-day practice in, in, a, in a major um, academic center like your, yours? Um, when patients are undergoing neoadjuvant chemotherapy, is it your routine practice to consider patients for side reduction after three cycles of chemotherapy or potentially after six cycles of chemotherapy? Actually, we are now participating into a randomized controlled trial comparing six versus three cycles of natural chemotherapy. So outside the randomized trial, we usually treat patients after three cycles, but we will see the results in order to know which is better. So just uh, certainly it's been a pleasure speaking with you about the results of the study, and I'm sure there's going to be a great deal of interest. Um, any closing remarks you'd like to tell our, our readers? Um, I think that the most important thing is that uh, patients should be evaluated by a gynionc. And then I think that a gynionc is able to understand whether or not performing surgery, which kind and which extent of surgery, and which route use in the interest of patients. Well, thank you so much, Anna. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much.